You're listening to Escaping the Rat Race. I'm your host, Amy Leo, a singer, songwriter, and mental health educator. And our show is all about questioning the status quo and pushing the boundaries into what's possible for human beings and not probable. So tune in and get ready to escape the rat race, not only the monotonous nine to five work grind, but also that incessant internal mental chatter that prevents most of us humans from experiencing more joy, peace, clarity, and freedom. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. My name is Amy Leo from ReviveYourSanity.com, and we have a repeat guest on today. I'm so excited that Amy CQ is going to talk about her expertise, which is branding. So if you're confused about branding, this is the show to stay tuned. And with that being said, Amy, I would love if we could start the show with what is branding to you and why is it important? Well, thanks. Thanks for having me again. I think that's the biggest question that I find too, that people get like stuck with, like what's branding anyway? Cause there's a lot of things out there that talk about branding or, you know, people that say they do branding and really it's kind of like, well, actually what is it, what is it? You know, what's the definition? It's kind of this big nebulous topic. Yes. Um, and like the best definition I got, it was from, um, a guy, his name is Marty Neumeyer. He's like a leader in the branding agency world, things like that. And uh, paraphrasing, it's basically a brand is people's individual's gut reaction to your business, basically. So it's, it's, it, it lies in the consumers, you know, lies in the clients. And it's their first like instinctual gut reaction to what is your business about. Mm. And yeah, it's really interesting when you think about it that way, because one, it's a little scary because we don't have as much control over it as we think we do because it's, it lies in their guts basically. (laughs) And it's, it's a gut reaction. So it's more based in emotional and your humanity versus logic and features and benefits and things like that. Yes. I I just actually saw this uh, TED talk and it's actually a really popular one, but the guy is kind of speaking in line with this of your why and starting with your why and how Apple was more innovative than other uh, agencies because they were talking about the emotion or, you know, their purpose and their why, as opposed to, oh, well, our computers have these features and you can do this with them, which again, doesn't really stir up that emotion. Yes. So it's probably Simon Sinek, if I'm saying yeah. his right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. He has the like start with your why and everything, and and modern branding now is really hitting home. They, they're getting that into their brains now. People are going, oh, this isn't like um, it's not advertising. It's not me telling you this is what I'm about, and all of a sudden you have a brand. It's really you have to dig a little deeper. And I'm like, why am I here? You know, what, what's the purpose? You know, what's this bigger vision? And then trying to, uh, you know, uh, interpret that to everybody else, you know, and, and translate that with everything that you do so that they get that same reaction. You're like, you know who you are and what you want to be as a brand, as a business, but it's getting those other people to get that same reaction is the tricky part. And that's where like the brand strategy comes into play. 
Yes. Well, you know, you're really striking a chord for me right now in business <laughs> development too, Amy. You know, I find it's it's been a really interesting investigation with my team because we aren't traditional therapy and we aren't traditional coaching and we aren't offering the same shiny things and to-dos and techniques that a lot of the Facebook advertisements do. However, it's really about getting clear and, and using words basically that not everyone else is using, you know, ones that are true to us and, and this balance between showing people the benefit. And I think this is especially true in industries that are new and emerging. You know, people don't think twice about paying $300 to their accountant or even to a vocal coach. You know, people know what they, what that is. It's really clear. They know what they're getting, but a lot of entrepreneurs that are in more passion oriented businesses that are a little more innovative. I can see how this, this is definitely a need that you're providing. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's hard. And I actually think, you know, we might have an edge in that a little bit because, you know, I'm talking like, you know, service-based providers. I, I still am in the market. I'm a little half and half. So I'm a little bit of that consultant part. I'm a little bit of that. Yeah, you actually kind of get a deliverable, something I hand off to you too. So, um, but that other side, that like intangible side, sometimes it's a little difficult to wrap your head around. Um, you know, how do I explain this to people? How do they get what I do and get what I'm about? I think the, the, the biggest edge you have with that is that you don't end up being a commodity as easily as someone who is an accountant, you know, is a dry cleaner, is something like that where they provide a, a, re a service, a tangible service, because it's really easy to compare those people to each other when Versus, I should say, you know, you have something that's very, very different. I think the, the, um, the learning curve on that, you know, getting over that, like, oh, this is very new. How do I communicate, you know, this? Once you get over that hump, um, it's very hard to compare you to somebody else. So you're kind of in your own category, which as a brand, that is where you want to be nowadays. Um, like, uh, uh, I think Seth Godin talks about, like, the bell curve is melting, he says. So that bell curve, if you remember back to your math days, <laughs> back in high school, those, you know, bell curves, like, in the middle, that's where the mass is, and that's the highest point of it. You think of, like, the shape of a bell. But he's saying, you know, go to the edges of that bell curve, and that's where you're going to find your people, and that's where you're going to succeed, in modern business. We can't be mass appeal people anymore. We can't be like, everybody is my audience type thing. It, we want to sometimes because <laughs> it's very scary as solo people to be like, my audience should be everybody because I, you know, need to get anybody I can through the door. I, it's, it's very tempting and it's very hard to say no to that. But if you kind of stick to your guns and, and, and say, this is for your long-term strategy, it's much, much better if you go after those edges. So those, the more niched your audience is, um, the better, because you can survive out there. In the middle, you're going up against the big guys. And as solo people, we're going to drown. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. So um, if you have that unique uh, offer that thing that you're in your own category and you have this niche market where you're looking at like I'm not for everybody I'm for these people right here hmm. those are two 
very important keys, I think, to like building a brand as a, a small or solo business. Definitely. I'd like to follow up on, on this idea. I love where this is going. So what are some of the more common mistakes that you see small business owners make? I know we've kind of talked about that number one mistake of trying to please everybody and kind of people pleasing, but what other things uh, are solo people up against, Amy? Uh, there's a few things. I think some of the top ones are um, uh, with, trying to put this tactfully. I don't know, but <laughs> the the one size fits all kind of thing. So there, I know there are a lot of people out there that help, and I'm one of them. I, I I help solo people. Like that's my core audience, or people that are solo or very small micro business partnerships, that kind of thing. But we kind of see on the on the online world, a lot of these people like, look what I did, and now I can help you do the same by following my just five-step checklist. And while I think, you know, sometimes their intentions are well, that's not going to work. It's not, it can't work for everybody. No business is the same. Our audiences should be different. You know, even if they maybe overlap, they probably should be different, which means my audience might not respond to those five steps. I might have to take a different approach. Um, so I think getting falling into those traps of like, well, if I just do these five things, everything's going to come out roses. Uh, it's a little wishful thinking. And I, I've seen, I've been, I've been, uh, you know, susceptible to it. And I've, I've seen a lot of clients too. Some of them work very well, but I think when we're talking about building a brand, Branding is a strategy. Marketing is tactics. So those kind of tactical things, I think, come after you've at least established in your mind where you want your business to go and the brand that you want to build. So sometimes we put the cart before the horse, I guess, in short. You know, so going after those tactical things before you've kind of answered those bigger questions, that like that why, the big why, um, is a, that can be a pitfall. I see a lot of people have, um, definitely. Yeah. And another thing that I see, Amy, uh, I'm so on board with, with what you're sharing because I have had colleagues that will use the same system and be in similar businesses and one will have a six figure launch and then the other will not. And the other will really take it on himself or herself as if he or she's doing something wrong, you know, and, and, and what I see with the, with the list and the to-dos as well is that, you know, people will say, okay, well, my business coach told me to do this, but they're hating what they're doing. You know, they're doing Facebook ads and Instagram and they hate social media. So it doesn't even align with their core strengths and passions. Um, so it's, it's just really, really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, is. yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of that both, you know, if you had a Venn diagram, it would be like your strengths and where you want your business to go and your audience. And where does that overlap? And that's what I'm saying. Uh, a lot of times it, it's going to be very different from business to business. And uh, so some of those tactics may work, but may not work. So yeah, unfortunately, I think people fall into that and then they, they try something and it doesn't work. And then they think, oh, it's time to close my business. It's not working. When really it's like, well, maybe you just have to change your tactics a little bit. Maybe that just doesn't work for 
for you or for your audience, you know, and, or what you're trying to build. If it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't feel right to you, remember going back, oh, like going back to that, like gut instinct kind of thing of what a brand is, it has to feel good from you too. If your gut is like, I'm not in this, your audience is going to pick that up and they're like, they're going to smell something inauthentic. They're like, yeah, something's off here. And there's going to be a, you know, mistrust there a little bit. So the better you can kind of, you know, some tactics are, are great and it's, you should experiment with them, I guess is my bigger thing, but those bigger, like why questions and what are your values as a company? You know, what's your, your mission and your purpose and, you know, uh, that those whys, those internal reasons, um, will make a big difference in, you know, what direction you go and what tactic you use. Um, but yeah, it's definitely has to come from a, I think a customized, a personalized direction for where you want to go with it. I could not agree more. <laughs> I could not agree more. <laughs> Having been someone that has bought a lot of the shiny programs. <laughs> yeah, I have too. You know, we're not immune, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's out there. I think, I think the, the more you're in business, you kind of start to see that a little bit more and go oh that's why that that piece may not work maybe I'll reuse this piece or that piece so it's all learning exactly and maybe you know where we were in those stages it might have been you know the right thing to at least explore and, and kind of propel us to the next level as long as we didn't hold so tightly to the idea that this has to work this one way and it has to look like this by this time you know I see a lot of entrepreneurs just really really busy with their thinking about, uh, you know, comparing where they want to go versus where they are. And sometimes it paralyzes them from taking action uh, in an authentic way. Have you seen that at all show up? Oh, yeah, I've seen it in myself. Absolutely. You know, sometimes um, it feels very far away. And so it's like, I could never get there. Or it's, um, well, I see where this person is taking me and I don't think I want to end up there kind of moment. So, you know, I think those are two, two ways I know personally I felt um, with my business and it had make me kind of re-evaluate things and say, Ooh, where, where am I going with this? Is, is that where I want to end up? Um, or, you know, uh, this is definitely where I went to un- end up, but that seems so far away. How can I possibly get there? Um, and I, I, a theme that's coming up a lot as I speak with more and more people all the time is this, uh, hmm, I don't know how to phrase this, this, <laughs> this fear of social rejection or fear of failure. And, you know, business, businesses are growing living beings, honestly. And that's what I also hear you saying, Amy, and I've come to see it myself. And I see, you know, <laughs> I'll have someone that I'm talking with, they reached out to maybe 12 people and they all said no. So they're like, oh, I'm a failure. Forget it. That doesn't work. Or my wording doesn't work or the branding doesn't work. Uh, can you speak to that as well, Amy? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen that a lot. Um, and I will say, frankly, I feel a lot of times there are a lot of people out there, and especially in the online kind of business world, solo world, that they only put their wins out there and everything seems very perfect. 
and you feel like I have to be successful. I have to be like that. Everything has to be perfect and aligned and like, oh, I launch a product and it's going to make, you know, six figures and it's first time. Look, she did it, you know, and it makes you feel like a failure when that doesn't happen. But a lot of the times we're not seeing all the failures. They're not sharing all those other failures that they've had, like the WD-40, you know, it was the 40th time they tried that formula. That's why it got the name, but they don't talk about the other 39 times it didn't work. We just know WD-40, the 40th time. So I think it's the same thing. And there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of pressure, especially on women entrepreneurs to be this like perfect thing out there to have the perfect visuals to have the perfect words to have the perfect website to have the perfect launches to have all this stuff and frankly it's not true and i'm i know for a fact i mean you know, the people that i admire out out there in the business world the online world have said hey listen i failed i failed a lot you don't see those things though right you only see end up seeing the, the successes because those are the ones that, hey, it worked, so it kind of becomes popular and people get to know it. But they're like, you know, I've had webinars, my first webinars, my mom showed up and that was it. You know, if they say something like that and it kind of makes you feel like, oh, okay, like uh, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's normal, I should say. It's normal for us to go through those things. And, and I think it's the same with a building a brand and building a business. You know, it's all experiments. And that's, you know, a mindset I've been recently, you know, again, it, it takes time. It's not an overnight thing, but to realize like everything is just an experiment. If it doesn't work, look at it and go, okay, why didn't it work? Maybe this, maybe that. Okay, next I'm going to change it with a little tweak. It's almost like little experiments, like in a lab. Like, well, if I change this one ingredient, would that work next time? You try that. And if it still doesn't work, you're like, okay, we need to rethink. Maybe it's just formula is completely off, you know, or something like that. Um, so everything we just kind of have to test and retest and see what works, see what doesn't work. And know that, yeah, you're going to have failures and it's okay. I'm so glad you brought that up, Amy. There are two books that really uh, were eye-opening for me. One was Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know if you've ever read that one. Yes. That is a great eye-opener. And uh, it really, he's talking in the book about a variety of famous, successful people like Bill Gates or the Beatles. And he's talking about the fact that they put in thousands and thousands of hours into their craft, into what they were doing and went through a lot of bumps and curves on the way. And I just love that. It was such a, a reality check from this kind of cultural myth of exactly what you said, this perfectionism myth. And the other one that's also really great is called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And again, she follows students. And I think she had these violin students that were really excellent. And she was kind of talking about the difference between you know, what is this idea of inborn talent versus, again, uh, a mindset that is growth oriented. So the kids that were violinists that had like a, a natural knack, I mean, some of these people were young, you know, and, and really performing at a high level. But if they stayed in a perfectionist kind of model, the kids that had a more growth oriented, a more experiential, embraced learning and didn't see it as failures, but saw it as learning and challenges and opportunities, they actually surpassed. Uh, a lot of the kids with a perfectionist mindset. 
uh, not to mention, you know, professionally they pass them, but not to mention how much easier it must be internally for the kids that grew up with more of a lead back kind of growth oriented uh, mindset. So those, those books just came to mind <laughs> Yeah, when you were talking, Amy. Yeah, I think Malcolm Gladwell talks about is his 10,000 hours, you know, to be an expert, like basically what he's scientifically kind of found through his research. It was roughly 10,000 hours before they kind of had a breakthrough or something yeah. like that. So that's a lot of time to dedicate. <laughs> so it's okay if that first, you know, uh, Facebook ad didn't work. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> or even the second or the third, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> WD-40, baby, let's see. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Amy, I, I just think you're just brilliant. And I'm so, so glad that you're talking about this subject because I think it has been very confusing for a lot of my clients and colleagues. So it's just exciting. Oh, um, I love talking about it. So I'd love if you could get maybe a little personal now and share with folks what, uh, since we're on the topic of learning, what are the biggest things that you've learned in your own experience finding your own voice and brand that you could share with folks? Oh my goodness. I think the biggest aha moment, if you will, you know, learning experience of, for myself was letting me be myself. Mm. So after, um, well, I, I guess going back a little bit, uh, this is something I, I also tell my clients too, especially when we're in this kind of like in the actual throes of looking at their brand and coming up with a strategy or coming up with the design or coming up with creative and different ways or getting their message clear. You almost have to go on a hiatus of, of looking at other people's stuff because we get so influenced even if you love them and it's like, oh yeah, really emulate these people. I've even like, you know, I called my list down to like, okay, I'm only going to read these five blogs because I really love them, blah, blah, blah. I still like, I felt at a certain point I had to stop looking at what other people were doing and just come from it from my own voice, my own, what do I really want to say? And I let myself just write, just free write stuff and uh with no agenda just kind of like what do I what am I feeling about my business you know what do I what would I want to say to my client and what if like what would I say to my best friend like how would I put that how would I how would I say those kinds of things and once I let myself just kind of go there with it and it felt a little scary that's when I knew I was on the right track and everything after that was easier. Now I always go back. I have a gut check now. And to go back, I said, well, is this, is this me? Is this kind of, does this feel real? Or does it feel like uh, I should be doing this because other people have done it and it's successful and uh, maybe I could do this that, the other thing? You know, what would I say about it? Or how would I act or, or in this situation? And once I let that go, everything else after that became so much easier. So Every time I had to write an email out to my list, it was so much easier. Every time I had to write a new website page, you know, a sales page or a landing page or rewrite my website came easier. Uh, you know, even visuals creating, like what would it look like now? That's my realm. So I'm, you know, it's a little easier for me to interpret that. Obviously, if you need help with that, you would hire someone to kind of help you through the visual end. But that core of just, I think, allowing my voice to come through and what I really want to say and kind of almost never minding what other people are saying or that other people 
some people may not like it, what I have to say, was very freeing. Mm. Yeah. That was the biggest lesson. And, you know, I, you know it, it took me a while. a while to get there and to be okay with that you mean you didn't purchase a five thousand dollar program and poof (laughs) right yeah i'll tell you you know it's like i i have gone through a lot of programs and it really it came down to just me really i was stopping it from happening um well, there's such a truth in what you're saying, Amy, about the fact that everybody is on their own journey and the timing is different for everybody. And that's something our mainstream conversation uh, doesn't, doesn't allow for a lot of times. So I, I just really, in, in seriousness, I made a little poofing joke there, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but in seriousness, I, I, I just think it's fantastic that you're being authentic. So thank you for being authentically you because you're awesome. <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> you're, welcome. you're welcome. Well, we're, I can't believe it, Amy. We're almost out of time again. Um, so the question I always like to end the interviews with is, if there's one thing that you would want listeners to take home with them today, what would it be? And please share how people can reach you if they want to get in contact with you and work with you. Mm. So I would say the one thing that has helped me immensely, and, and you can practice it, on a daily basis is to try to put out something each time, whether it's each week or each day that scares you a little bit, whether that's, you know, an email blast out to your list, whether it's just a a Facebook post in a group, do something that scares you a little bit and you would be surprised how far you can go by pushing yourself just that little bit out of your comfort zone and actually doing something that's different that makes you stand out that makes you recognized and um yeah for those definitely who who want to get in touch with me my website it's hugeish.com that's huge h-u-g-e-i-s-h.com and uh i'm also on twitter it's at the amy cq if you just want to say hey what's up what's new what's going on or ask me any questions Perfect. Simple, clear, practical. Amy, fantastic. Thank you so That's much. That's me. I should have that on my business card. <laughs> <laughs> you really should. You really should. It's fantastic. Well, great. Well, thanks again for coming on the show again. This was Amy Leo uh, from reviveyoursanity.com. And we are in the business of retreats. And we're actually going to Costa Rica this August, and we're going to India in February. So if folks are interested in finding out more information, they can find it at reviveyoursanity.com. And this might be of particular interest to people who have had a technique for happiness that maybe isn't going so well, or, <laughs> or really feel like there's got to be a better way, there's got to be something Uh, underneath everything else that I've learned. What we talk about is very educational in nature. It's very neutral. We're never about telling people what they should or shouldn't think or to control their thinking or what behaviors are right or wrong. So it's a really different kind of conversation, which I personally get very excited about because it's changed my life and thousands of other people. So rock and roll. (laughs) Okay, until next time, everybody keep rocking. I really so enjoy speaking with Amy CQ. I just think she has such a down-to-earth, easy way to explain the business branding and the digital strategy stuff, (laughs) which as someone who's not a tech whiz, 
I find that very helpful. But my biggest take home today was when Amy was sharing about the importance of narrowing down your market and letting go of the notion that you want to serve everybody. I know often there's this little catchphrase that if you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. And in my experience, I've seen that that's true. Of course, there's always exceptions. I really liked also the piece Amy shared about just being herself and how when she stopped looking at what other people were doing and gave herself the time and permission to go on kind of an information detox and just free write her feelings, thoughts, and ideas about her business, that she really found an inner clarity for herself moving forward. So I really appreciated that. Again, you know, there really is no right or wrong way to go about building a business. And what I love about this podcast is that it highlights the possibilities and the opportunities that different people are taking across the globe when building their businesses. If you want to get these podcasts delivered straight to your device, all you've got to do is subscribe either on iTunes or if you're not a Mac user, you can also find us on YouTube. All you've got to do is type in the search engine, Escaping the Rat Race with Amy Leo and click subscribe. If you want more than just the podcast and want some nice goodies and deals, discounts to our upcoming international or stateside retreats, you can go to www.reviveyoursanity.com. And when you sign up there for our list, you will get those special privileges that other people do not know about. This is the truth. (laughs) Until next time, keep rocking. And thank you so much for listening. This was Amy Leo from www.reviveyoursanity.com. Reviving your sanity is not only possible, it can actually be quite ordinary. And the results of that can really fuel further success for you in business and in life.